Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, new scientific evidence that Hitler survived the Fuhrer bunker and lived out his natural life in South America, where he plotted to resurrect the Third Reich. If you had offered Hitler that he could have control of the European Union with Germany, the German Central Bank controlling the Euro, arrangements with the United States with corporations in both countries as sister companies working together, plus an NSA and a CIA that could listen much better than the Gestapo to every conversation, every email in America. Hitler would have signed up in a day. He said, this is my deal. David John Oates, the discoverer of reverse speech, is coming to Toronto October 18th, 19th, and 20th to present his shocking reversals. And you can meet David and hear this amazing discovery for yourself at Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlands Avenue, right across from the Donlands subway station. On Thursday, October 18th, you'll hear the reverse speech of politicians. That's 7 to 9 p.m., just $10 at the door. Then, Friday, October 19th, the reverse speech of hitmen, mobsters, and serial killers, 7 to 9 p.m., just $10 at the door. And finally, Saturday, October 20th, I'll be hosting as David solves the JFK assassination using reverse speech, 2 to 5 p.m., $15 at the door. David John Oates, the discoverer of reverse speech, as heard on Coast to Coast AM and The Conspiracy Show, October 18th, 19th, 20th, Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlands Avenue in Toronto. For more information, go to reversespeech.com. A presentation of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday and a happy Thanksgiving to all of my Canadian listeners and subscribers. Hey, did you have a turkey Saturday and Sunday like I did? Or maybe you even have one more bird at the in-laws today. Imagine three Thanksgiving dinners. Now we have turkey sandwiches until Halloween to look forward to. Jerome Corsi, political scientist, columnist, and author of Hunting Hitler, among others, on this episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Before that, a shout out to a loyal listener who took the time to write. Hi, Richard. Just thought I'd send this short message to say how much I love your two podcasts, Conspiracy Unlimited and The Conspiracy Show. I'm from Newcastle in Australia and listen via the Podbean app on my Samsung smartphone. You ask incisive questions of your tremendous array of interesting guests. It's always interesting. Keep up the great work. Regards, Matt Miller. Well, thank you, Matt. Please shoot me an email at richardserrett1 at gmail.com and tell me who you are, where you are, and how you listen to Conspiracy Unlimited. Again, richardserrett1 at gmail.com. In 2009, three U.S. professors with access to Adolf Hitler's alleged remains startled the world with scientific DNA proof that the skull and bones that Russia had claimed since the end of World War II were Hitler's actually belonged to a middle-aged woman whose identity remains unknown. 
This announcement has rekindled interest in the claim made by Joseph Stalin, who maintained at the end of his life that Hitler got away. And the truth is that no one saw Hitler and Eva Braun die in the bunker in Berlin on April 30th, 1945. No photographs were taken to document claims. Hitler and Eva Braun committed suicide. Hitler's body was never recovered. No definitive physical evidence exists proving Hitler died in the bunker in Berlin. Dr. Jerome Corsi received a Ph.D. from Harvard University in political science back in 1972. He's written many books and articles and is an expert on political violence and terrorism. In 1981, he received a top-secret clearance from the Agency for International Development, where he assisted in providing anti-terrorism hostage survival training to embassy personnel. On March 17, 2005, Dr. Corsi helped found and launch the Iran Freedom Foundation, a nonprofit educational and charitable organization established to educate the public about the Islamic Republic of Iran and to promote freedom in the region. He is the author of many books, including Why Israel Can't Wait, The Great Oil Conspiracy, Bad Samaritans, What Went Wrong, The Inside Story of the GOP Debacle of 2012, Who Really Killed Kennedy, Hunting Hitler, and Killing the Deep State. Dr. Jerome Corsi, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm good, Richard. Good to be back with you. Thank you. I know that what I'm about to ask may sound, uh, I don't know, bizarre, but uh, you know, I, I genuinely believe there are people out there who think this way, and so I have to ask the question. Some people out there are thinking, this happened 70 years ago. Why do we care? Why are we writing about it? Well, the, the key issue is that this is, um, uh, I got interested because this is how intelligence agencies create disinformation. And it's a classic case of um, a cover-up by the U.S. government that um, the deep secrets on Hitler's death that the uh, U.S. intelligence agencies knew the American people couldn't handle, so they you know, determined to commit a huge crime. Uh, the intelligence agencies decided to lie, and disinformation was created. This disinformation was that Hitler and Eva Braun killed themselves, and the dual suicide in the uh, Fuhrer bunker in Berlin at the end of World War II. That's all a lie. So it's not a old story. It's, you know, basically um, when you uncover what the lie is, you're going to uncover how much of the you know Nazis became what was the World War II aftermath, the Cold War, and the emergence from World War II, which was engineered by U.S. intelligence um, to produce who we are today. And uh, explain why the U.S. intelligence agencies, and I guess at the time it would have been the the OSS and then later uh, the CIA, why would they have gone along with this charade? Because we helped Hitler escape. That's the that's the dirty secret at the heart of this. Hitler escaped because Alan Dulles, uh, who headed the OSS in Bern, Switzerland, engineered it. But I'd like to get there with people having enough time to absorb how this is credible, uh, because that's the deep secret we're going to reveal tonight. Yes, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is the, uh, the bombshell that, that you drop in the book. So, uh, let's get into that indeed. Let me just remind listeners, Jerome Corsi is, uh, my guest and, uh, the author of Hunting Hitler. New scientific evidence that Hitler escaped Nazi Germany. Now, uh, Jerome, uh, 
let's let's just back up before we get into, I guess, the uh, the reasons why. Uh, if I could just talk a little bit about uh, you know the remains uh, that the, the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, had for for so many years, and 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 believed, or, or let helped you know lead lead the world to believe that 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 Hitler had committed suicide, and as you say, Stalin contended to the end of his days that it was not uh, Hitler. Uh, did did President Truman not also state publicly on on more than one occasion he didn't believe Hitler had died? Well, not so much Truman. I think Eisenhower at least one time. I sh- I said it in the book. Eisenhower, uh, at the end of World War Two, gave a statement to. Um, uh, Dutch newsman. It was printed in Stars and Stripes, which was the uh, army newspaper at the time, that um, he had reason to believe that Hitler was still alive. It was a pretty startling statement for 1945. And it was really uh, Jimmy Burns, who was the Secretary of State for Truman at the Potsdam Conference, that Stalin told uh, he believed, Stalin believed, that Hitler had survived, despite Russia producing all this evidence that Hitler committed suicide. And um, Stalin told Jimmy Burns that he thought the United States helped Hitler escape. That was the, um, Stalin was aware of what happened. And so, you know, the U.S. government was fully aware that Hitler escaped from the very time it happened. But I, you know, I, I think the key, the story begins really, I started in it in 2009, there was a History Channel special on Hitler's escape, and it showed this uh, Dr. Nicholas Bellatoni, who was the uh, state archaeologist in Connecticut, and he uh, was given one hour to look at the Hitler's skull fragments in uh, Moscow. He um, got access to the Russian Federation State Archive collection and building where they had the Hitler skull, the skull that Russia had kept since the end of World War II is proof that Hitler died at the end of World War II. And Bellatoni took samples from the skull. You can see it in the um, in the video. He brought them back to the Connecticut Center for Applied Genetics and Technology at you know in, in Connecticut. A molecular biologist who ran the center ran DNA testing and the skull, the Hitler skull that Russia had since the end of World War II was found to be the skull of a forty year old woman. Uh, clearly not Hitler, uh, not Eva Braun, because Eva Braun was 33 years old, and the Russian autopsy supposedly showed that this Eva Braun corpse had died from cyanide poisoning, but the skull that was the Hitler skull clearly had bullet holes in it, but it was a 40-year-old woman. So, so clearly the Russians picked up some skull uh, outside the Hitler you know, bunker, in Berlin before the Russians or after the Russians took over the the bunker in April 1945 and brought this skull back to Russia and said, this is Hitler, but it's all fraudulent evidence. And that's pretty shocking. I'll say, but one has to ask, you know, why did it take to 2009 for them to conduct you know, a, a pretty straightforward test on a skull to make that determination, Jerry? Well, because the, the Russians had never allowed the skull to be really examined. Uh, increasingly, over time, the Russians have let more and more information out of the archives. They've, you know, um, allowed books to be published in Great Britain on the autopsies of Hitler and Eva Braun, which have raised dramatic questions as I examine in, in the book Hitler, Hunting Hitler. But the point was that finally, by 2009, when a scientist got access 
to the Hitler skull, did DNA testing, it was clear that this was a fraudulent deal. The, the Russians had no definitive proof, no physical evidence that Hitler died. But yet the skull had been presented fraudulently to the world as if it were proof. And that was pretty shocking because, it, you know, I began saying, okay, as I watched that documentary and studied it, said, uh, okay, if Hitler did not die, there's no definitive proof that Hitler died in the Fuhrer bunker, then what happened? What are the lies? What happened to Hitler? How did he escape? And that's what really began my investigations. Uh, the other question that comes immediately to mind, uh, Jerry, is, you know, think of it, this information that, that, that Stalin, he suspected it, but uh, the height of the Cold War, if he, if he knew this, that's pretty damning evidence to, to embarrass and undermine the United States. Why didn't, why didn't uh, Stalin uh, pursue that further? Stalin was in a real bind. I mean, first of all, at the end of World War II, you're, you're dealing with Adolf Hitler, who is the, you know, one of the greatest mass murderers, criminals in history. Um, started World War II, 60 million people, minimum, died as a result of Hitler's starting World War II. The Holocaust, the attempt to do genocidal murder on Jews in Europe. And if, if um, Stalin had to admit that Hitler got away, it would be a huge embarrassment to, and difficulty for the Russian regime when, you know, tens of millions of Russians were killed by the Nazis. Nobody wanted to admit Hitler got away. Everybody wanted Hitler to come to some kind of justice. And if he had, if Hitler had committed suicide in the bunker, he was dead. That was acceptable as justice. If Hitler had been allowed to get away, um, the peoples of Russia and peoples of the world would not have accepted that. Welcome back. Uh, for years, the, the idea that Hitler escaped Nazi Germany uh, and uh, lived out his life, according to various accounts, places like Spain or perhaps uh, South America, I mean, that was, that was the fodder for, for uh, you know, the grocery store tabloids like the weekly world news. Uh, but now, it now seems as if we're getting irrefutable proof that at least Hitler did not commit suicide and that the Soviets did not have possession of his remains based on a testing by a Connecticut state archaeologist who was allowed by the R Russian Federation State Archive in Moscow to examine skull fragments the Russians have claimed for decades are proof Hitler committed suicide. And now we're finding out that's not Hitler's. Those are not Hitler's remains. So what happened to Hitler and Eva Braun? This is the subject of Jerome Corsi's book, Hunting Hitler, New Scientific Evidence that Hitler Escaped Nazi Germany. And he's authored many books, including... All right, uh, so let's go back to the uh, the OSS, uh, the precursor to the CIA, and uh, why exactly they would have been a part of this, you know, the greatest hoaxes in, in, uh, in history, perhaps. Well, Richard, the um, OSS in, was headed in Bern, Switzerland, by Alan Dulles during World War II. Alan Dulles, of course, was later the head of the CIA in 1953 under Eisenhower. His brother was John Foster Dulles, who was Secretary of State under Eisenhower. Um, John Foster Dulles is the person whom the Dulles Airport in Washington is named after. Well, the Dulleses, before World War II working with uh, Brown Brothers Harriman, Averill Harriman's family Wall Street firm, 
and Cromwell and Sullivan, a New York law firm, uh, had helped Hitler. They funded Hitler in the 1930s, rise to power. It's one of the um, dirty, dark secrets of American Wall Street politics. And their compatriots in doing this, by the way, were the uh, Bush family progenitors, Prescott Bush and George Herbert Walker, who were running, along with the Dulleses, a Nazi bank, Union Bank in, in New York until 1941, after World after Pearl Harbor, when FDR closed down the bank. But that's where the um, Dulleses began. They were Hitler supporters from the beginning. Now, in 1943, when Dulles, Alan Dulles, was in Bern, Switzerland, heading the OSS, uh, Borman, uh, uh, Martin Borman, who was number two to Hitler, Hitler's secretary, and um, Himmler, also very close to Hitler, uh, realized that Germany may lose the war. So there was a plan concocted by Bormann called Aktion Adlerflug, which was action eagle flight. And what uh, Bormann decided to do was to uh, take the, the Nazi loot, billions of dollars, ill-gotten gain, uh, bullion stolen from uh, the countries that the Germans took, you know, conquered. Uh, gold from the teeth of the Jews killed the concentration camps. And Alan Dulles, um, OSS, had in Bern, Switzerland, worked with Bormann and invested the Nazi ill-gotten loot, criminally obtained, um, in the U.S. stock market, uh, in, in Argentina, other countries, uh, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, Turkey, uh, basically, uh, Bormann created some 980 front companies outside Germany, um, plus 770 in neutral countries, uh, including 98 in Argentina alone, many in the United States, where Bormann and the Nazis owned major portions of these companies to fund not only their escape, but also their um, rise to power uh, with a united Europe and U.S. corporations working with German corporations to fuel the post-war world war. And Jerry, uh, if I could just interject for a moment, and, and for those people out there who are, uh, you know, slapping their head and saying this can't be, uh, you know, need we remind them that Prescott Bush was charged uh, under the Trading with the Enemy Act. That's correct. And was, and, and 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 this part I I, I have heard, and, and you can disavow me of this if it's not true, but I have heard that as part of that sentencing, uh, Prescott Bush was supposedly he and his family were supposedly forbidden from holding public office, and yet we had presidents forty one and forty three. Is that true? Right. And uh, yes, also Prescott Bush ran for office. He was elected to Congress from Connecticut. So I mean, the it was all wink wink because the. Um, before World War II, it was widely understood by the FDR government, the FDR administration, that we were the rise of Hitler. Wall Street funded Hitler. And as World War II was still in progress, 1943, we're just now invading North Africa with Operation Torch. I mean, there's a lot of war to occur. There's a lot of Americans going to lose their lives. Um, you have Borman with Alan Dulles setting up major money center bank accounts working with National Citibank, which is now Citibank, Chase, which is now J.P. Morgan Chase, Manufacturers Hanover in New York to establish bank accounts for the Nazis. 
Uh, you had German U-boats starting to arrive in Buenos Aires at the rate of six to eight a week and intervals all through um, 1943 and 1944 carrying gold bullion, art treasures that um, you know Hitler had stolen from the Jews and others in Europe. Um, over $50 billion uh, in the gold alone transferred by Bormann to Buenos Aires in you know, $1943, which is an enormous amount of money today. Uh, jewels, rare coinage, art treasures brought by the submarines to Argentina and the Nazis as part of the deal. Uh, Dulles, the OSS, agreed the Nazis would be allowed to escape, including Adolf Hitler. And what was the thinking that if they could uh, resettle Hitler in <clears throat> in some place like South America, Buenos Aires or, or Brazil later, uh, that they could resurrect this Fourth Reich? Well, you know, it's it's um, it's extremely interesting because you know, Richard, if you look at it, if um, you had offered Hitler that he could have control of the European Union with Germany, the German Central Bank controlling the euro, um, arrangements with the United States, with corporations in both countries and sister companies working together, uh, ignoring U.S. sovereignty to even closer knit a uh, corporate state between Europe and, and the EU, uh, plus an NSA and a CIA that could listen much better than the Gestapo to every conversation, every email in America. Hitler would have signed up in a day. He said, this is my deal. So in a sense, you know, what we've become, the world that was created, uh, the Nazis never quit. They transitioned from an attempt to conquer Europe uh, by war to, to conquer Europe through the deceit that set in place the EU. Just a trade agreement, but ultimately it compromised the sovereignty of all the European countries, and they're now all together under a European Union run by bureaucrats out of, you know, uh, Brussels and, and Luxembourg, uh, with Germany controlling the EU central bank and the EU economy. So, you know, I think the the whole plan, the whole, you know, Deutschland über alles was never abandoned by the Nazis, despite the fact that they lost the military war. Those, And it wasn't that Dulles permitted a few Nazis to escape. We're talking about tens of thousands of Nazis. Uh, many of them who who escaped the hangman's noose at Nuremberg uh, ended Correct. up, uh, you know, running the rocket program and so forth in the United States. I, there was a great line from, um, uh, I believe it was all the right stuff, uh, you know, which was a movie about the the space race. And uh, there's a conversation between some American astronauts, you know, debating, well, who's going to make it to the moon first, us or the or the the Ruskies? And the one astronaut says to the others, well, we're going to win because our Nazis are better than their Nazis. And in fact, if you you know take a hard look at Operation Paperclip, which Alan Dulles engineered and put into place, Operation Paperclip was designed to bring over thousands of Nazi scientists, engineers, technicians, and put them into U.S. business, including Werner von Braun. And Werner von Braun, you know, was the head of the V2 program, worked with the Gestapo, used Jewish slave labor to build the V-2 rocket. We, wink, wink, forgot all about that, and Werner von Braun ends up a huge hero, and he's running 
John Kennedy's uh, plan to put a, an American on the moon created our first ballistic missiles carrying U.S. nuclear weapons. And we did this, you know, we even brought over the Nazi scientists who invented the Zyklon B that was used by I.G. Farben to produce the poison that killed the Jews in the concentration camp. And was that not developed in conjunction with Standard Oil? Well, Standard Oil was part of the deal, part of the deal of, of working with U.S. corporations, Standard Oil, the oil industry, and specifically funding the um, the synthetic oil industry of Germany, which the United States Standard Oil did. Henry Ford, uh, IBM, there were any, I, you know, ITT. The list goes on of the U.S. corporations in the 30s that knitted themselves together with uh, Nazi counterparts. And after the war, these, you know, Foreman putting the investments back into the U.S. companies, continued the relationship between Nazi Germany and U.S. corporations in the post-war era. That's the, you know, basically, Borman and Dulles, Alan Dulles and CIA, early CIA, I mean, working for the OSS in Bern, Switzerland, put together all the arrangements where this Nazi loot got surreptitiously taken out of Europe through financial agents in Switzerland and invested in the U.S. stock market to all these U.S. corporations. Hey, have you subscribed to my podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone? If you love rock and roll and the legends surrounding some of your favorite artists, the lore, curses, incredible coincidences, mysterious deaths, check out this magical, mysterious musical odyssey, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. New episodes drop every Wednesday, now available on Spotify, also available at Apple Podcasts. This week's episode, The 440 Hertz Conspiracy. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Jerome Corsi, the author of Hunting Hitler, is here. I, I got to ask you, Jerry, you know, as an American, and, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm, I'm guessing that you had, you know, uh, relatives, probably people close to you that fought in the Second World War. Of course, my father fought in the Second World War. Same with my dad. And I'm thinking, Mike, as, as this is, as you're starting to connect the dots and you realize, you know, that this this, to call it shameful is an incredible understatement. Oh, this is a treason. horror. This is a horror show. Right. How does, that, how does mean, it make you feel as this, as you well, begin I mean, to realize this is happening? It's disgusting because look, I mean, it's more than disgusting. It's, 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 there's no terms to explain it because what the, um, Dulles and Borman were doing where they were taking, um, Nazi stolen loot from some of the greatest crimes ever committed in human history. Uh, robbing Jewish homes of art, robbing Jews of the gold in their teeth, uh, plundering the treasuries of the countries that Nazis invaded, taking the gold bullion. I mean, the crimes are horrendous. And yet, um, Wall Street, um, Alan Dulles, wink, wink, puts the money into U.S. corporations. It's all done surreptitiously with the aid of financial agents. Everybody makes money. It starts in 1943, we haven't even invaded D-Day yet. 
half a million Americans were lost their lives in World War Two. Exactly. And for what? Canadians. How many Canadians lost their lives in World War Two? You know, and all based on the premise that we were fighting the evil of Nazi Germany, the evil of you know Imperial Japan, when in fact behind the scenes, Alan Dulles, the Dulles brothers, others including the Bush family, Wall Street were wink wink in partnership with the Nazis and preparing for the post World War, you know, forward Nazis to essentially escape and survive with their loot. Now it starts to make sense why, you know, the, the, the economic powerhouse of Germany at the time, IGB, IG Farben, was virtually left alone during the Allied bombing raids. You know, why was that left uh, to stand? Well, and, uh, you know, right, the, exactly. I mean, it was clearly strategic. And John McCloy, who was key in doing a lot of the planning of the, of the U.S. bombing raids, strategic bombing raids, not only refused to divert any bombing to you know, bomb Auschwitz and try to save some Jews by bombing the railroads going to Auschwitz or bombing the crematorium. Uh, John McCloy also ends up in the Warren Commission. And by, by the way, as when I wrote my book, Who Really Killed John Kennedy, I also put Alan Dulles at the center of the villains because John Kennedy figured this out and he would not fight the lying CIA wars in Cuba and in Laos and in Vietnam. John Kennedy fired Alan Dulles and was going to break up the CIA into a thousand pieces, well, as well as destroy the Federal Reserve, which John Kennedy said, we don't need to preserve to print our money. What was it uh, Richard Condon said, the author of The Manchurian Candidate, when you, when you look at your sort of your worst fears and your worst suspicions? The truth is probably far worse, and it sounds like that's the case. We're discussing Jerome Corsi's book, Hunting Hitler, New Scientific Evidence That Hitler Escaped Nazi Germany, and the evidence seems to be in that the, the remains uh, that have uh, been in the, uh, the hands of the, uh, the Russian Federation uh, for nearly 70 years are not those of Hitler. This has been established. DNA. Jury's in on this one, folks. So then the question is, what happened to the Fuhrer? So let's let's pick up the trail, uh, 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 Jerry. And, and April thirtieth, nineteen forty-five, as as best as you can piece together, what happened to Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun? Well, Richard, I mean, most of my research is based on documents. I mean, I went to the National Archives. It started. It took me two years to find the file of U.S. military records at the end of World War II, searching for Hitler. And it was shocking when I found them, finally. I mean, here's, I, I show you in the book, here's a letter from J. Edgar Hoover, director of the FBI, to the American Embassy in Buenos Aires. It's dated uh, November 13, 1945. The subject, Hitler hideout in Argentina. And J. Edgar Hoover knows exactly where Hitler is. He says, you know, he's telling the FBI agents in South America that this Mrs. Eichhorn, and the Eichhorns were two very uh, prominent industrialists. They had funded Hitler uh, during 1920s. They emigrated to Argentina. They owned this grand hotel in, you know, the German area of Argentina, La Falda, Argentina. And uh, Hitler says that, that the Eichhorns have made arrangements that are starting to build a, uh, a large estate for Hitler, and they had arranged for Hitler's escape to Argentina. And I found the documents that a um, that Hitler 
it came to Germany in this U-boat 530 that arrived in Mar de Plata in Argentina on July 10, 1945. Uh, the uh, archives in Washington had even the newspaper from Argentina when the submarine arrived. And perhaps most startling, here was a uh, naval intelligence attaché uh, from Buenos Aires writing back to naval intelligence in Washington July 18, 1945, after the submarine surfaced, saying that, you know, reports say that the submarine was sighted uh, by the Argentinian Navy about the middle of June, a month before it showed up and surrendered in Mar de Plata. It refueled and had offloaded VIPs along the shore in Buenos Aires, um, and the submarine then made its way. Another submarine they reported was going to be arriving in Buenos Aires, which it did. Uh, the uh, it was a, subsequent to this, another submarine showed up in Buenos Aires. Uh, and the last sentence of the report says, Eva Braun and Adolf Hitler were landed in the south of Argentina by this submarine. And so, you know, the U.S. Naval Intelligence, in addition to um, J. Edgar Hoover in Washington, knew that Hitler had arrived in this submarine to Argentina. It was completely covered up and lied by the American government, which chose to go with this cover story that had been fabricated for the historian Trevor Roper, who wrote a book in 1947, a British graduate student in history, wrote a book on Hitler's final days that told this soap opera story of Hitler and Eva Braun committing a dual suicide in the Fuhrer bunker, and it never happened. We had documented evidence, now in the archives, uh, from the FBI and naval intelligence that knew in 1945 exactly how Hitler escaped. This is monumental. I mean, this is absolutely um, mind-blowing. Now, let me ask you, uh, because as you mentioned in the book, uh, the the U-boat, the U-530, after it drops Hitler and Eva Braun off in Argentina, it goes on to um, uh, surrender at Mar del Plata. Mar, at Mar del Plata, yeah. Now, so... Whatever happened to the sub-commander Otto Wormuth? I mean, did he ever uh, did he ever speak about the fact that Hitler was uh, was on well, board? Or we took him into custody and the crew into custody, and they all lied. See, um, the commander of this U-530, Baramuth, was only 25 years old, and what naval intelligence told Washington from Buenos Aires was that they had reason to believe that the real commanders of the boat had been offloaded. This was just, you know, one of the younger guys who got left to bring the boat into port and surrender it. Almost get this sort of deep-down sickening feeling when you realize that what Jerry Corsi has pieced together in hunting Hitler, new scientific evidence that Hitler escaped Nazi Germany, sort of piecing together and, and, and connecting the dots for something that we've sort of suspected but never have been able to articulate something that's not right. We've known this deep down, I guess. And we think about, for example, the creation of someone like an Osama bin Laden and whether or not he, in fact, you know, died when we're told he died. All of these things now uh, are suspect. We have to question everything now. Jerry, uh, so Adolf Hitler lands in, uh, in, in Argentina with Ava Braun, aboard a, a, a U-boat, a German U-boat. Where does he go from there? 
Well, first he goes to the uh, with the icorns up into La Falda, uh, north of Buenos Aires, to this German community, uh, the Eden Hotel, and has absconded away. I mean, his his appearance has been changed. They've done plastic surgery, and um, uh, they've built a resort. The Eichmanns have been since 1943 building a resort for Hitler. Uh, down in Patagonia in, in uh, Bariloche, uh, the very south of Argentina near Chile in the Andes. It's a remote area. And uh, this resort is a huge resort. It's um, 6,000 square feet, rustic resort, uh, 1,000 acres of land. You can only reach it by seaplane, so it's protected by dense forests on all sides. Uh, the look and the feel of the resort is very Bavarian. It looks like the um, uh, Ober-Altsberg retreat above the town of Berchtesgaden in the Bavarian Alps where Hitler had his uh, great, you know, you know picture glass look out on the mountains retreat uh, during World War II. Hitler moved into this resort in uh, Bariloche in June 1947. And the reports in Argentina say he lived with Eva Braun until 1965. 1965, which would have made him how old? Uh, close to 80. 80 years old. And died uh, uh, of what? Do we know? Natural death, old age, uh, buried or remains, you know, uh, probably cremated and the remains gone. I mean, no, no visible burial site. But, you know, in Argentina, this, I, you know, my wife is Argentinian, I speak Spanish, I've been working on this for years now, and um, the, in Argentina, there's two recent books, a couple of great authors, um, one of them Italian, uh, who have written books on Hitler escaping to Argentina, working in the Argentinian archives, <clears throat> there's even been a DVD done showing Hitler's escape of a video showing people who knew Hitler, worked with Hitler, pictures of Hitler. I mean, it's very well known in Argentina that Hitler escaped Argentina after the war. So this is like the worst kept secret that Hitler lived out his day. I mean, this is like the the worst insult uh, of all. That you know, when you say things like Hitler died of natural causes, like that's right. the, that's that's like a, another an extra shiv, you know, in the back that this this well, monster got to live out his days uh, in this exactly. resort. I mean. It's why the disinformation of the intelligence agencies, including uh, the Russians who knew also, I mean, Stalin, remember, Stalin knew that the <clears throat> the bodies that the uh, Russian army found at the end of World War II and claimed were Hitler's were fraudulent, that the autopsies were rigged, the dental evidence was, uh, the Russians captured Hitler's dentists and technicians and Eva Braun's and they falsified the dental evidence and shoved them in the mouths of these corpses. I mean, it was all fake. Um, Hitler escaped and Stalin knew it. But, you know, Stalin's intelligence agencies and ours could not let this lie be known. And so they both created disinformation and went along with this British graduate student from Oxford, Trevor Roper. And I show in the book Hunting Hitler, within a few days after Trevor Roper arrived in Germany to do his great investigation and write his book, 
uh, U.S. Intelligence Major Sachs, S-A-X-E, handed Trevor Roper a memo which was the conclusions to his book before he even investigated anything. And it was this great story about, you know, how Hitler, Eva Braun, got into the Fuhrer bunker and Hitler did a will. They said goodbye to everybody. It was very tearful and, you know, they committed suicide in the private quarters uh, with pistols and cyanide. It's all a story written for a middle class, you know, bourgeois audience by, you know, a, a, a not very talented playwright who thought the story would sell. The truth is that, you know, when you deal with Hitler, who is a homicidal maniac, a genocidal maniac, killed 60 million people, trying to eradicate the Jewish people from Europe, um, this guy is not going to, the last days, say, I better sign a will and marry my mistress. He blamed, Hitler blamed the, Ameri- the, you know, the German people for not being up to him, not coming up to his standards. I'm trying to understand what, all this, what, what, what he was... He was going to live another day to see Germany rise again. Well, to, to, to what extent do you think he was successful? I mean, what was he doing down there? Was he pulling the strings behind some sort of interna- uh, you know, Nazi international overseeing business operations and so forth? Of course. The entire uh, you know, engineering of the European Union, the lie that was told you know, Jean Monnet that this was just going to be a trade agreement. Nazis knew that, you know, okay, war did not work to put Germany at the head of a united Europe. So they'll go the stealth route by trade agreements and undermine the sovereignty of the countries to build together a European Union. And Germany today has emerged heading the EU, uh, leading the European Central Bank, running the Euro. Uh, Hitler would love this position. This was, you know, the, the, the plan number two. If the Nazis could not win World War Two and and by force rule Europe, uh, could be done by stealth and the um, convincing people that these trade agreements were in everybody's best interest. More lies, more intelligence agency concocted lies, where the Nazis, with all their plunder, invested around the world and let's say a thousand corporations that. Borman owned interests with Nazi major holdings that are still in existence today, uh, creating the World War II economic rise between the United States and Europe, and now knitting it together into a combined U.S.-EU with massive intelligence agencies, NSA and CIA. I mean, you know, remember the Nazis were leftists. They this whole idea was a business, you know, corporate world, corporate governance across borders with uh, the governments willingly cooperating, but Hitler was the first to introduce universal health care, as long as you had a Gestapo and NSA listening to every conversation to put away anybody who disagreed with you, uh, fascism from the left has been predominant since the beginning of time, you know, the leftists don't want to tolerate dissent, and um, the Nazi plan to dominate Europe could be achieved either through winning World War II, which the Nazis did not, or for winning the uh, post-war peace, which the 
uh, Nazis seem to have done pretty well at. Well, it, it's true. I mean, a lot of people forget. I mean, they were the National Socialist Party, folks. Yeah, so they, they uh, and, 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 and where did they get their racial hygiene laws and their ideas about hygienics, or from eugenics, well, rather, much, in the United States? That came, and the United States out of, you know, Henry Ford, uh, Planned Parenthood, Margaret Singer, who was, you know, running Planned Parenthood. Uh, the whole idea was put the Planned Parenthood centers in the African-American communities in the United States. I've written about it extensively because, you know, genetics, we have to eliminate the black race, have to eliminate the Jews, racial purity. This was the defense of many of the species. people, at, uh, many of the, the scientists uh, at Nuremberg were saying, well, we were just doing what you were doing in the United States, you know, experimenting exactly. on your own inmates and so forth. Unbelievable. Exactly. And, you know, and... The, the same eugenics ideas, the same, you know, again, the intelligence agency lies that we defeated Hitler, so, you know, the genetics ideas were killed, all this, all those ideas simply went underground and took an economic form, and are still today evident in the EU and the United States. We still have Planned Parenthood, we still have... Um, the EU, we still have the European Central Bank. President Obama is pushing now the transatlantic partnership to even knit further together U.S. corporations and their counterparts in Germany. I mean, it, the plan has not ever stopped. You know, uh, and it was funded from the beginning, before World War II, by Alan Dulles and even the Bush family progenitors uh, through Wall Street. The rise of Hitler, we fund Hitler. That's one of the deep, dirty secrets. And what I'm pointing out in hunting Hitler, the second deep, dirty secret, is Alan Dulles and the OSS, uh, the precursors to the CIA, we helped Hitler and the Nazis escape. And not just a few Nazis, tens of thousands of Nazis. By the time you look at the rat lines, the involvement of the Catholic Church and the Red Cross, getting these Nazi major criminals visas to go to Argentina where they had you know, false identities and the right to get citizenship and own land. Are you hearing, businesses. Are you hearing from veterans and, and the families of, of veterans from World War II after this book? I have, yes. And I think, you know, it's beginning to wake people up. This in my book on who really killed Kennedy, in which I also made clear Alan Dulles' culpability and John Kennedy's resistance to this new world order. I think we've got to go back and reevaluate. That's my whole book on who really killed Kennedy. You've got to go back and reevaluate Kennedy. Because John Kennedy understood. He gave a speech about secret societies. John Kennedy knew what was going on. He was trying to resist it. John Kennedy had lived. He would have broken up the CIA into a thousand pieces. He would have broken up the Federal Reserve, which we don't need to print our money. John Kennedy understood that these forces were trying to push us in a, you know, a direction of where the Nazis originally wanted to go. Plan A, the war for the Nazis was just too crude. Plan B, everybody lies, the intelligence agencies, CIA, KGB, everybody else covers it up. <clears throat> the presidents were put into power or so owned by the New World Order that they create free trade agreements and lie about them. It's all, you know, hush, hush, wink, wink sell that it's going to be good for the economy and it's the uh, it's the low road you know, not war but lying and the economic road to achieve the same purposes the Nazis wanted to achieve in World War II through war
book I wish I did not have to write, but it's, it, you know, again, look at the book, look at the evidence in the book, because everything I write is based on documents, based on hard evidence. Found them in the archives, I found the DNA did not support the conclusion that there was any evidence Hitler had died at the end of World War II. Uh, before you dismiss these ideas, go look at the evidence. All right, Jerry, thank you so much. Okay, Richard, thank you. Jerome Corsi. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to tell you what's coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. Many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, the lifetimes and death of William Cooper, Mark Jacobson, the author of Pale Horse Rider, my guest. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.